This is Brain Diet, episode number 63. I'm Taylor Ann Macy, and you are listening to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain good information. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast. This week, we are talking about how to think about other people. But really quickly, before we get into that topic, I just wanted to request once again that if you haven't left a review for this podcast, I would so appreciate it if you did do that. I have a goal to get 100 reviews and I would just sincerely appreciate just a click of the stars, whatever it is that you think about this podcast, if you want to leave a comment, whatever works for you. I would love a review. And if not, that's okay too. But I just wanted to put it out there that if you wanted to leave a review and haven't or forgot to, then here's your little reminder to see if we can get to 100 reviews. So with that, let's get back into this week's topic and how to think about people, how to think about other people. Other people are a significant part of the human experience, obviously. We are surrounded by people, and it is a very crucial part to being alive, these interactions that we have with other people. So what I wanted to teach you is a tool that aids in how you relate to others, how you relate to other people. The reason I want to give you a tool that helps with relating to other people is because I want to illustrate how important it is for us to understand that what other people do isn't really what matters. What matters is how we think about other people and what they do. Because as we know, we cannot control people. Unfortunately, we do not have the ability to make anybody do anything. And so with that, we have to decide where is our power? And what I'm offering you is that your power is not in what other people are doing. It is in how you are thinking about other people and what it is that they do. So anybody that does something is just data. If they say something to you, if they do something to you, if they behave a certain way, this is just outside data. Other people are just circumstances to us. Then... Our brain gives meaning to these circumstances, to other people and their behavior and the things that they do around and to us. And our brains try to label it and categorize it and give it meaning in the best way that it knows how. But unfortunately, our brains without guidance are kind of like a rogue toddler. If you gave a toddler a Sharpie and let that toddler just do whatever it wanted, it could do some damage (laughs) and it would do things that we might not necessarily want this toddler to do. The same goes for our brains. Our brains require guidance when otherwise it might just go wild with a permanent marker. So when it goes wild, labeling and categorizing other people and the way that they behave, it can cause us a lot of pain and suffering. So a lot of times the way we are thinking about other people in our lives, it can be really disempowering and not helpful and frankly, not productive. So today I am sharing with you two ways to think about other people that hopefully help you. 
So the first thing I want you to pay attention to, if there is someone in your life that you would consider someone you have a problem with, quote unquote, notice the way that you are thinking about that person. And if you find that your thoughts are consistently focused on that person in that, if you were to examine the sentences in your brain that you have about a person, that it's constantly filled with, she does this, or she doesn't do this, or she isn't this way, or she always does this, or she never does this. If we constantly are thinking about that person, if that pronoun, she, he, you know, whatever pronoun you use, if that's always on your brain, if you are always thinking about that other person and what is wrong with that other person, my recommendation is it is time to take them as the primary focus out of your T-line, out of your thought line. So for those of you that are familiar with this podcast or are familiar with me and what I do as a life coach, I use the self-coaching model. So the self-coaching model teaches us that there are circumstances outside of us, and then we have thoughts about those circumstances. And the thoughts that we have are what create how we feel. So in this case, if you are thinking thoughts like she never helps me, that thought feels really terrible. And that focus of that thought is on another person. And so if that's the case, it's time to take that focus and shift it because this thought line, how we are thinking about other people is the place for all of our power, not what a person is or is not doing. So that thought line is the lens through which we interpret the world. And so sometimes what we need to do is adjust that lens. I'm going to give you some examples that'll hopefully help illustrate this, but coming back to this idea of you always having someone else in your thought line, someone in your brain all the time. She does, he does, he never does, whatever. He, she, whatever. If you're always thinking about another person, it's time to adjust the lens. So I'm going to give you some examples of people that I have coached um, that gave me permission to share those examples, of course, anonymously, but that hopefully illustrate what it is I'm trying to teach you. So there was a woman who was going to court with her ex-husband because her ex-husband wasn't paying child support. So of course, a lot of her thoughts were dominated by him. He doesn't do this and he does do this and he never does this and he'll always do this. And it was causing a lot of pain and suffering for her. So when we were coaching, my recommendation wasn't simply to just say, oh, well, just think positively about the situation or think positively about him, you know, see where he might be coming from and think about what you love about him. That was not the direction that we went. We adjusted the lens with which she was looking at things and instead of having her thought line dominated by him, we instead shifted the focus of her thought line to her, to herself. So when her ex-husband wasn't paying child support, instead of thinking about it like he isn't supporting me, we shifted the lens and had her think a thought like, I'm supporting me. I am so grateful to me for showing up and for fighting for what I need and for fighting for what our children need. I'm so proud of myself. So shifting that lens with which she was interpreting the world eliminated a whole lot of suffering because we couldn't control her ex-husband. All it was was a simple lens shift. Another example is a woman who her brother had stolen from their father who was, while he was dying, he had stolen some money and property and she was having all of these thoughts like he's not trustworthy, he's really dishonest, he's taking advantage of us. And again, she was like, well, I, I just don't want to be positive about him. I don't want to be positive about this person that I believe to be 
dishonest. And the question remained, why would we want to try to trust someone that we know to be dishonest? Instead, instead of trying to think a thought like, oh, I can trust him when we probably know we can't, we shift that lens to a space of, I can trust me. So instead of focusing so much on another person, he isn't these things or he's all of these things or he doesn't do this or he does do this. It's, I can trust me. I can be trustworthy. I can be honest. I can make sure that I take care of myself. Again, taking the lens with which she was looking at the entire situation and just taking the focus off of her brother. Another example is there was a woman who was partnered with a coworker on a project at work and she didn't particularly like this coworker. And she had this thought, I don't want to be partnered with her. She's really difficult to work with. So using this tool of shifting the lens back to her, back to you, it came from a place of she's lucky she gets to be partnered with me. Now, even though the woman that she was partnered with is still in her thought line, is still in her brain, the primary focus is on her. The primary focus needs to be on you, how you want to think, how you want to feel, how you want to show up and what you appreciate about you. Because we cannot control other people. Even a more generic example. If you have a spouse that won't help you, I'm sorry that they don't help you. But instead of thinking, they don't help me. They aren't helpful. They leave all of the work for me to do. If we can't control them, then our job is to shift the lens onto us. Thanks me for doing so much of all the hard work. Thank you for picking up the slack and for keeping the house together. Thank you, me, for being so great at doing things that might be difficult. Can you see how shifting the lens from looking at another person to instead looking at ourselves completely relinquishes control that we think we have over people, but we actually don't? (laughs) So it accepts what's true. When we shift that lens to us, we accept what is true, that we can't control other people, and we just focus on us. What I want to offer is that you have so much capacity, so much mental energy in a day. You only have so much that you can exert. If you are exerting it, thinking all of these painful thoughts about a person, I recommend you reallocate that energy to thinking about you. Be very smart with the way you are spending your mental energy. And if it's very painful in relation to another person, then just let that other person be who they're going to be and focus on you because that's what you have control over. And that is the best news. Even if you might argue that what you are thinking about another person is true, again, what I want to offer is that it is so much less important whether what you think is true and much more valuable to consider whether your thoughts are serving you. Sometimes we get so attached to our thoughts. It's just true. It's just true. It's just true. But sometimes when we think thoughts that are so painful to us, it's like punching ourselves in the face. And I don't want that for you. That's painful. So that's why it's so important to examine I don't care if this is true. Is this serving me? Is it useful to think it? And thinking about you, shifting the lens to look at you, this isn't a selfish focus. This is a useful focus. Because as long as we're focused on other people and what's wrong with other people, we don't show up for ourselves. We don't show up for the world in a way that is useful and helpful in a way that is authentic and good. We just show up as resentful and bitter. So shifting the lens is in a way selfless because it allows us to be who we're going to be and show up in the world that's much more loving and abundant instead of resentful and bitter. 
So flipping the lens from another person to you is one of my favorite tools to implement when it comes to relating to other people. The second tool that I will offer that is a smaller tool, but I want to have it in this episode because I think it is important, is when you are relating to people, I want you to genuinely consider where they are coming from. There are some people that genuinely do want to be unkind and they want to be hurtful and spiteful and mean. And in that case, that's where we flip the lens. That's where we, instead of looking at other people, we just focus on us. But before you assume that a person is truly trying to be those things, hurtful and spiteful and mean, don't let your brain run wild to that worst case scenario. Don't let that toddler brain with the Sharpie (laughs) run rampant. We have to be very mindful and check in. Okay, is this person coming from a place that I could understand? In order to do this, in order to assess where a person is coming from, it takes genuine curiosity. It takes assuming you are a fly on the wall, just observing and trying to understand and not bringing all of your emotion with it. Curiosity is such a great tool when it comes to other people because it removes all of the emotional baggage that we can sometimes bring with us to our relationship and instead drop us into a much more useful place. So I want to give you a couple of brief examples just to illustrate where this is helpful. If you show up for a date and your date doesn't show, that toddler brain of yours that has a Sharpie at the ready wants to make it mean that because they didn't show up, it's because you're not good enough. It's because you're not attractive enough. It's because you're not worthy of being in a relationship. It's because you're not worthy of their time. And I actually coached a woman on this recently where she went on a date and the date didn't show. And the date called her the next day and genuinely had had an emergency. I think he was a physician and had something come up at work. And she had assumed that he didn't want to be with her and had made it mean all of these painful things about her. When in reality, he really wanted to be with her. He just had an emergency at work. And he called and said, I'm so sorry. Let's please meet again. Sometimes we really want to make it mean the very worst thing, but it just feels terrible when we do that. And if we don't know all of the facts of the situation, we have to be mindful to guide our brain in saying, maybe they're coming from a different place that I don't understand. Maybe something really did happen. And maybe not, but if we don't know, what's the harm in assuming the best? Another example is just in the realm of social media. Let's say that a friend posts a picture of them with some of your other friends and you weren't invited to whatever this gathering was. You could make it mean that they purposefully didn't invite you and that you were purposefully left out because they didn't like you. But I can speak from personal experience, having been on both ends of this type of situation, that most times it's because you just kind of don't think about it. Like, oh, I was out with these friends or maybe we ran into each other or something happened that was never with the intent to leave someone out or never because we didn't want to be with someone. It was just kind of what happened. And it didn't cross my mind that this might have been hurtful to another person. And, but of course, another person might interpret it differently. And then on the other side of it, I've seen pictures of my own friends where I've been like, wait a minute, I wasn't invited. And the truth is, most people are good people. And they deserve to have us give them the benefit of the doubt. And again, even if they are trying to be spiteful and mean, it never hurts us to give someone genuine consideration where they might be coming from and give them this benefit of the doubt. On the most basic level, 
if someone forgets to text you back. Usually my brain will be like, oh my gosh, this was like when I was dating, especially this was where this was really prominent. If they didn't text me back, I was like, oh, they don't like me. I must not be good enough for them. (laughs) And now I can see, especially because I forget to text people back all of the time. It's not really fair for me to assume that people are trying to be mean when they don't text me back. And so assuming they probably just forgot it probably isn't that big of a deal. And I can just text them again and be like, hey, did you forget to text me back? Because I have this question that I need answered. (laughs) Giving people the benefit of the doubt, it feels so abundant and loving, even if you're wrong. So considering where other people are coming from and genuinely giving them the benefit of the doubt benefits you. That's why it's such a valuable tool to have in relationships, because if you are feeling abundant and loving, then you are showing up in the world and in your relationships in that way, as opposed to just assuming that everyone is out to get you, which usually isn't the case. There are lots of people in our lives, so you will have a lot of thoughts about people. So how you think about people, whether it's someone close to you like a spouse or a fellow driver on the road... It really affects how you feel overall. So to say that it is crucial to manage how you think about other people is an understatement. Be mindful in either flipping the lens to focus on you and what's working and what you appreciate about you, or to genuinely consider where people are coming from, to give people the benefit of the doubt. Both of those tools will serve you in feeling better So then you can cultivate better relationships, but that does require being deliberate. So be deliberate, my friends, in how you think about other people. That's all I have for you this week. I'll talk to you soon.